We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Hey, let me talk to you a little bit about Liberty First University. I want to talk to you about that because JC and I just got back from an amazing trip to Idaho. We got to teach Idaho, the Idahoans. I don't even think that's how you say that. Uh, the largest county in Idaho, which is larger than six states in the union. I was like, seriously, people, are you kidding me? Larger than six states in the union. And uh, we taught the sheriff and his deputies about the proper role of the sheriff. We taught the... Um, People of that community, I think, JC, we had 30% of the community in our training. Mm. So 30% of the county, <laughs> or at least of that town, rather, in our training. 30% of that town, based on the population of that town, we had in our training. And so we have, Janet asked me to talk about this on the show, actually. We have so many public speaking requests. Come on, guys, we cannot do we cannot be everywhere. So please, if you are thinking about bringing JC and I in to teach, please consider libertyfirstuniversity.com. Libertyfirstuniversity.com will give you the in the, the training that we give you. you. JC and I will be teaching it. You just there won't be any expenses, and then we can be more places at one time. So please, libertyfirstuniversity.com. You can get a membership 
and then share the cost of the mentorship with your group and and show it to the group and and uh and we'll you know if you have any questions contact us because that's what liberty first university is there for so i'm sorry i got sort of tongue-tied and and distracted for a second i noticed that somebody's complaining about a troll already in the room <laughs> we must be stepping up our game jc it doesn't even take long anymore for the trolls to show up hey jc do you know who loves florida who the governor of minnesota <laughs> oh governor of michigan rather sorry michigan uh, governor gretchen whitmer came to florida during spring break <laughs> she was visiting her sick father and she hired a private well let me put it this way she was flown down to florida in a private plane owned by a wealthy Detroit businessman. And now they're investigating who actually paid for that. Because really, if it was a donation, that also has to be claimed because she is a political figure. And she told everyone in Michigan that they are not to travel during spring break. They're not to travel to other places. But Governor Whitmer could not could not deny free Florida. Hmm. So even Whitmer wants to come to free Florida. So she actually violated, some are saying it's an ethics violation because yeah. she contradicted her own advice to avoid out-of-state travel. Then she lied about it, right? Let then me, she lied me, about it. Yeah, go ahead. Then she I'm lied deal with this about guy it. when you get finished. Okay. Then she lied about it. And then she lied about how long she was gone. We got to deal with somebody already? Mr. Wallace. Oh. DW Wallace on Facebook. You're going to get Mr. Him Wallace, this is not a Trump show. It's not a Republican show. We're neither pro Trump nor pro Republican. We're pro principle. Um, and the chat, everybody's welcome to chat and comment and conversate and share their opinion. But if you want to blog, the chat room is not for that. Get your own website and make you a blog. So don't come here to blog. If you want to make comments, you want to speak with folks, you're welcome. But if you blog again, after I'm finished speaking, I'm going to block you. We don't normally block people. No. And no. I'm not blocking you because of the content of your comments. I'm blocking you because of the misuse uh, of this platform. Of the privilege of this platform. Correct. So, <laughs> so. You're, you're welcome. Stick mm -hmm. around. Stay. Conversate. Whatever. Don't, don't come here to blog. Uh, get your own website and write you a blog. Okay? Yep. There you go. Hey, guys. This is, this is really going to be a great show today. I want to encourage everybody right now to take this second. This is going to be a great teach show. Important to share this show right now so that everybody can be uh, on board. They can get from the very beginning what, what we're teaching here. Um, I wanted to mention, JC, there is a huge... So they're doing this election audit in Arizona. And there's a lot of 
of comment, a lot of pushback, a lot of all this stuff. I just wanted to make one comment about this, okay? The election audit procedure is established to ensure voter integrity. Anyone who would mock a process of due process and auditing to ensure voter integrity. Okay, Mr. Wallace, you are gone. You're blocked. You will never be able to post in this show again. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Mr. Wallace. Hey, everybody in the chat room. Tell D.W. Wallace goodbye. He can't. Maybe he's not even listening. He's just blogging on our show. Anyway, um, so Arizona's election audit is a process of making sure that we have a way to check for voter integrity. If anyone mocks this process, if anyone wants to deny this process, they are against a check and balance. They are against a due process that ensures voter integrity, which I find quite ironic, JC, because it's the Democrats. Well, maybe it's not ironic when you think about it. It's the Democrats that are mocking the audit process. It's the left mocking the audit process. When these election audit processes were developed post-civil rights to ensure that supremacist groups would not deny black votes. Mm -hmm. And now you have the left and the Democrats once again sitting here mocking a process of integrity, criticizing a process to ensure proper rules and procedures are followed. So here's the thing. Name a time in history for me when the people who were mocking due process and trying to thwart a a check and balance on integrity were the good guys. Right. So all I'm saying here is this is, come on, people, this is not something we want to mock. So what if it doesn't work out the way? See, here's the thing. Here's what it's going to be, JC. Oh, they said voter fraud and we didn't find voter fraud. That's why we should have never done it in the first place. Are you kidding me? So let me see, JC. If we take, if we accuse someone of murder and we find them guilty of murder at the trial, Does that mean we should just eliminate all trials and just start putting people in prison on accusations? Because isn't that the kind of thing they're saying? Well, we shouldn't go through the, you know, the audit process because we knew what the outcome was going to be. How do you know unless you actually do the audit? The whole purpose of the audit is to keep people from abusing the process. So, right Whatever. I'm just I'm just irritated because once again, the ignoramuses attack due process. They attack they attack proper checks and balances and that sort of thing. 
So, JC, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Did you get him taken care of? Yeah. Oh, cool. I believe so. That was quick and easy. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't remember it being that easy before. Everybody said goodbye to him before he left. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know, JC. Am I crazy for being upset about this? About people mocking this process and and you know and just simply wanting to dismiss the whole process. I I, I think methinks thou dost protest too much. Yeah, no, no, say. that's it because you know it just again reveals it, it reveals the hypocrisy. You know the the they make out like it's one thing, but this kind of shows it's not. Like if you if you want. Uh, equal access and equal rights and, and all this sort of stuff, then you're not going to be against um, audits. You're not going to be against election Seriously. integrity. So it, it just, it just speaks to their lie that it's about control. It's about power. It's about mm -hmm. their revolutionary agenda. Well, um, what's amazing to me, JC is the thing that comes to my mind is actually a biblical reference of Haman's gallows. You know, these are the people that are going to be running around telling us we shouldn't have voter and, you know, audits of ballots and stuff. And the next thing you know, they're the ones going to be crying because somebody won they didn't like. But then it'll be all different, right? Because in that what critical race theory is all about. It's all about you. It's never about me. It's all about what was that thing we were listening in the, the book you're reading that uh, listening to is written on the radio. Um if you're white, you can't have the right perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you're black and you have a perspective contrary to the critical late race theory, it's because you've abandoned your blackness. Right. You're the wrong kind of black. Well, this is what we're going to do today, guys. We are talking. We're going to do. I didn't. I don't want to say it this way because I thought we'd probably be blocked. But we are doing a critical analysis of critical race theory today. And I'm going to be interviewing JC because JC is our in-house expert on this. The man has been uh, reading it, living it, breathing it in, in study for weeks now. Well, I'm not sure if I'm ready to do a critical analysis on well, the spot, but I'll certainly I'm, do my best to answer your questions. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm being maybe a little bit overzealous, but so Washington governor Inslee, right? Inslee signs a bill mandating critical race training in public schools. JC, we're going to go, uh, uh, you know, we have other governors who are signing into law, uh, bans on critical race training. Inslee thinks that we should mandate it. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think we should be banning or mandating any training because training should not be done with tax dollars. But one thing that Thomas Jefferson said that drives home this thought is that he says to, to compel someone to furnish money for the propagation of an idea that he hates or disagrees with is sinful and tyrannical. Mm-hmm which would mean our public schools at this point are sinful and tyrannical, yeah. especially if they're pushing this stuff. So we have governors banning this. We have, uh, we have Inslee mandating it, but we also, we're going to get into, cause I found this really cool thing of Disney corporation now going to um, try to 
respond to what they claim America was founded on systemic racism, encouraging employees to complete a white privilege checklist and separates minorities into racially segregated affinity groups mm -hmm. and engage in all this training. So what does this, first off, with Inslee mandating this four-hour schools, we'll get into the specific Disney thing in a minute. What does this mean for the children whose parents will send them to public school in Washington or in any other state that mandates this crap? Yeah, um, and and uh, Lynette, I... Uh Lynette, I sent you a friend request so you can communicate the details of your situation there that you were mentioning. Um, so when I look at the thing with Inslee, I notice uh, that he is, or the it's actually the legislature, I guess, came through the legislature. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's, then he's going the to sign you know, it, right? He's going to sign it into law. So Inslee and the the leftist um, legislature there in in the state. I noticed that it's a mandate to train the staff and teachers um, in the in the C, uh, uh, critical race theory, the CRT, um, social justice, anti-racist ideology, uh, which I think is, in my view, worse than worse than actual course that they that they said the students that they say the students would take. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it were if it were a single course, that would be bad enough. Right. That would be, you know, disgusting enough. But the fact that they're training the teachers and staff means that it's not going to be in one course. Right. It's going to be in every course. And that's what's happening in the broader society. And really, and this, this is be, global. It's going to be in the pre-Ks. It's going to be Correct. in kindergarten. It's everywhere. It's going to be in, you know, it's not just going to be in high school sociology. Yes. It's not It's not going to be a, a, a single um, a single course. Yes, I see that, Mr. Kramer. Um, so it, it's going to be everywhere. And that's what's happened globally. That's what's happened happen in America. So this this thing touches everything, just as you see from Walt Disney you're talking about how they structure their business, how how employees are grouped, how the mm -hmm. uh, how the parks are constructed and messages are messaged. I John mean, MacArthur so it's said all it's the greatest threat to the church. Yeah, John MacArthur Jr. said Junior, as Junior. far as its influence in the uh, in the in the church, that it's the greatest threat to the to the church that he's seen in his lifetime. So what's and, all the uh, hubbub? I mean, seriously, why is everybody afraid of? black uh, you know valuing black lives uh well it has nothing to do with valuing uh, black lives i mean and it's a it, I, I i would highly recommend to everyone um a book called fault lines a fairly new book called fault lines f-a-u-l-t lines just like you know er the earthquake fault mm -hmm. lines by Vodi Bauckham Jr. V-O-D-D-I-E-B-A-U-C-H-A-M Jr. Yeah it's fault mm -hmm. lines by Vodi Bauckham Jr. It's a fairly recent book that he's written uh, who and does a thorough job with dealing with critical race theory and and if you're a believer, if you're in the church, um, he's a he is a uh, preacher, and 
you know, comes at it from a, a biblical perspective as well. So that's a great book uh, into into getting thoroughly getting a thorough understanding of critical race theory, which is what what this is. And a, a couple things about it. One of the uh, well, let, let's talk about some of the some of the sort of roots. I won't go all the way back, but just just as a sort of cursory, uh, it, it it really is just a revolutionary Marxism in in another packaging, right? Using leveraging race uh, for the division that it wants to capitalize on, uh, but it goes back at uh, at least to the Frankfurt School, uh, and then some. Uh, there's a um, article that was written by Peggy McIntosh. Maybe we should put all these links uh, at, yeah. in the show notes afterwards. But Peggy McIntosh. Hold on, just one second. I need to ask answer a question in the all chat right. room here, really quick. Yep. Um, Krista, it, your question: Can governors actually mandate this in schools legally? Well, the answer to that question is twofold. Number one, it depends on how the state constitution structures mm -hmm. the, the public school system. So the answer could actually be yes, and it could actually be no, depending on what state well, you're and, in. And like in Washington, this is mm -hmm. coming through the legislature. Right, so right. Like they're so actually, it's not actually passing a law. Right. So it's not actually Inslee that's mandating. It's the legislative yeah. process. And that, again, would depend on how the constitution is written right. as far as the public school is is designed by the constitution of the state. Yeah, so. I, 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 it's curious. I think, um, so can they do this legally is one question. Mm -hmm. A question I would have is given the content, um, would there be some constitutional legal yeah, issues Yeah, actually, that's a well? really good question, JC, because they brought that up to me on Victory News today. Mm -hmm. uh, what is What are the conflicts with the Civil Rights Act? Yeah. Uh, you have some serious conflicts with the Civil Rights Act on this because the Civil Rights Act, surprisingly enough, doesn't say that you can't discriminate against black people. What it says is you cannot discriminate based on the color of someone's skin. Yeah. And so there should be some, you know, parents who will want to take legal action against the state who's, who's mandating this. And as a matter of fact, as we talk about Disney as well, Disney being a, you know, as the government classifies as a public accommodation business would also be subject to the Civil Rights Act of 1964 when it comes to hiring and and dealing yep. with employees. And this kind of this is what I was going to ask you when we got to Disney is how does this critical race theory work? Does it actually set up a situation where and I and I know I'm 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 asking a rhetorical question I already know the answer to, but is critical race theory actually setting up a system where people will be trained to discriminate based on the color of skin? Yeah, that's absolutely right. It is racist teaching. So Jesse James, good to see you in there, my man. Uh, I want to, I want to touch on Jesse's comment right there. Um, we we have to be very careful. This one, uh, yeah. This this happens. This happens to us, and, uh, th and this is not a criticism. Just just mm -hmm. I want to point this out. Uh, he says teaching about race to address racism is like struggling to sleep to address insomnia, which which is true. But we have to be careful to not let them 
give us our talking points and not use their vocabulary because mm -hmm. critical race theory and all of this stuff is not, this is not teaching about race. That is the same kind of thing that, um, Chris Wallace, when he debated in the in the presidential debate between mm -hmm. Donald Trump and Chris Wallace, I think Joe Biden intended as well. But in the debate between Wallace and Trump, Wallace characterized this white white fragility and this training as sensitivity training. Mm -hmm. So when we you know, we say sensitivity training or it's teaching about race, it, it's doing neither of those things. And that's really the problem the, this critical race theory training does not teach about racism. It declares that uh, white white people, um, and you know, and even not even that really, uh, participators in white participants in whiteness, uh, mostly white people, uh, are inherently racist. There's nothing that you can do about it. Uh, yeah, that's the crazy thing. When I'm listening to this audio book with you by Vodi, it's just it's amazing that. You can never escape it yeah. because it is the color of your skin. And what's crazy is it's not even the color of your skin because if I'm white, I can't escape my racism. But if I'm a brown person who doesn't buy into critical race theory, now it's not about the color of my skin. Right. It's not about the color of my skin. Yeah, it's not, about an not ideology. In, not, yeah, not entirely because... And and this is where you, you see the bizarre phenomenon of, uh, you know, black people being called white supremacists. Yeah. Because the definition of white supremacy is not about um, engaging in racist behavior or racist activity. That's been redefined. Uh, white supremacy is comes from what I was what I was uh, mentioning. Peggy McIntosh wrote this paper called White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. She wrote this in 1989. Uh, and it lays out this notion that uh, your your whiteness uh, gives you these in invisible benefits that you're not even aware of. So you, but you, so you benefit from a system built upon white supremacy. Therefore, you that's what makes you racist. That mm -hmm. is racism. Racism now is simply you benefiting from this these invisible privileges that are built into the system that you that you can take advantage of or that you take advantage of simply by the color of your skin so you don't actually have to engage in racism or be racist on an individual level against anybody you're automatically a racist because you benefit so if and and the key there of course the the other part of that is knowing that uh, you must one acknowledge it and repent and then set about tearing down that system. So on that one point, if you're opposed, if you don't agree with that, if you don't accept it, if you don't repent, if you're white, but if you don't accept it, if you're even if you're not white and don't agree that it's true and we need to destroy the system, that's how black people can also be called white supremacists because they're not agreeing and they don't and, and they're not saying that they want uh, you know a revolutionary destruction of the system. So it's it's about the ideology uh, to the end of being revolutionary, right? So revolutionary in ideology. So really at the heart is revolution, the call for revolution. It's built on revolutionary Marxism. It's revolutionary Marxism uh, in, a, in a racist rapper. Um, no pun intended there. But how so, I, so, so how do I find that video that you play? 
I, I don't know. Oh, okay. But um, the so so the new the new religion is anti-racism, right? You're to be an you're you're supposed to be required to be an anti-racist. So it's not good enough to be not racist. So when you say, "Well, I'm not racist," well, the the very fact that when, if you're a white person and you say, "I'm not racist," that's proof of their point. It's proof that you are a racist mm -hmm. because being racist is is you being unaware of the invisible uh, privileges that you enjoy because of the system built mm -hmm. on white supremacy and and white hegemony. Well, let's let's move over. To so you, you can't be not racist. You mm -hmm. must be anti-racist. You have to you have to be against it. You have to uh, set about tearing it down. That that's your that's your penance. Mm -hmm. And there, by the way, there is no salvation in what Bodhi points out. There's no salvation in this new religion. It is constant. It is you constantly uh, trying to repent, constantly serving penance for uh, for the collective sins of white people. And and uh, one one interesting thing Bodhi points out. And you had a when you when I when you showed me the Disney thing, I thought of this. So yeah. So look, let's look at the over to the Disney thing really quick. And we'll yeah, just bring that up this. because a great point that Bodhi makes in how he lays lays that out. So is what we have? Um, let me. I'm gonna just go ahead and just make this bigger so it's easier to see for people. All right. So what we have is Christopher Rufo who has done some Twitter posting on the Walt Disney Corporation. So he has this uh, scoop that the Walt Disney Corporation claims that America was founded on systemic racism, encourages employees to complete a white privilege checklist. Here's your white privilege. Um, this is now Disney on Disney's website. Well, employee website. You have to be an employee to get to all of this. Yeah. Can you a, a talk lot, a little bit about that? Well, page if there, yeah, if, and if you if you Google Peggy McIntosh white privilege, and you'll you can find can you spell her name for me. I'll put it P E G G Y M C I N T O S H Peggy McIntosh white privilege, and you'll you'll be able to find the um, article. We'll just call it an article, a paper that she wrote in 1989, and that's where a lot of this comes from. She okay. so she has a similar sort of list several list of you know things that she would enjoy and then there's things that you're not supposed to do so a, a lot of this training is is built on the writings of of these prophets of CRT uh Ibram X Kendi wrote a book called How to Be Anti-Racist. Do you want me to go to the next slide here? Yeah. Okay. So we have our self-assessment. How privileged right. are you? Yeah. So this goes back to, um, again, Peggy McIntosh, white privilege, unpacking the invisible knapsack. So it's all I your mean, privileges and they have to make you aware What's of the, how you've, the, how you're privileged. The very first block JC mm -hmm. is I am white. I am, I am white. Yeah. How, how privileged, how are, privileged you, right? are you? And the very first block is I am white. Yeah. So what you'll find, uh, what you'll find, you know, you'll you'll make your way through the list, and you'll just see how many checks you're able to make. Right. You, you'll have a whole well, bunch you of. You could just have one, and then you'd be done. 
No, but the point, no, but the point of the checklist is how privileged are you? To what extent are you privileged? So you'll end up with a bunch of check boxes. And and that that's how the thing's defined. When you look at um, when you look at Robin D'Angelo's book, White Fragility. So she runs through this sort of almost exhaustive uh, scenario, scenario frameworks of how how you're racist Mm -hmm. and. You, you really there's there's really no way around you being racist and, and just it's an endless, endless list just like this. Well, look at this, JC. So I'm going through this list. Right. And I went to a high school where I was not necessarily the m- the majority skin color. Right. So the only box I can really check at this point is number one, because everybody would look at me, classify me as white. But I can I have been discriminated in my high school because of my skin color. I have been uh, I have been the only person in a room in my high school of my skin color. Mm -hmm. I have been mocked for my accent. Mm -hmm. I have been told that I'm attractive for a white girl. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I've been the victim of violence because of my skin color Mm -hmm. at my high school. I got picked on by a bunch of black girls. Does that mean that I am not privileged or does the fact that I'm white completely outweigh the fact that we have now gone through the first six questions and I have been discriminated in all those situations? Mm -hmm. I've been called a racial slur. Yeah, that's the next one. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of nonsense. Um but you know it's it's designed to to prove your privilege and and like you said if you check one you're going to check several i mean there's going to be some you yeah. won't check but you'll you'll check some and and then that'll just be proof cuz many of them are are patently absurd and the one thing it you know anti-racism and critical race theory throw out uh empirical data right it's not based it's not uh, empirical. It's not objective. It's subjective. It's mm-hmm. not analytical. Critical. Critical is the opposite of analytical. They. It's funny. They define uh, critical race theory as quote an analytical tool mm-hmm. uh, to diagnose well, it's or reveal. The, in it. Right. So, but but the fact if you look at um, I think it's a sh- social justice encyclopedia. Um, in the word critical, you'll find that it's it is exactly the opposite of analytical. Um, so it's subjective and um, not based on evidence and it's not based on the individual. As I said, the system is racist. You actually don't have to do anything individually. Uh, and then when you, when you, you know, you have statistics or facts or anything like that, then they will tell you that, the facts, facts are racist. Um, the statistics are racist. Unless, of course, people like Kendi are using the statistics. So, you know, they, they like that um, black men are killed two and a half times more than white men or whatever, that kind of thing. And so if the statistics serves their narrative, you know, it's fine for them to mm-hmm. use. But otherwise, that's the kind of retort you're going to hear because, you know, your the, your science and your data is built on a white system, so it's not reliable. You know, they'll just dismiss it. So you it's you really funny. can't win arguments so, with these folks. So in our chat room, Sacred Space says, hey, I don't ever remember feeling privileged. 
-hmm. which would be the argument of the critical race theory. Of course you don't, because what do you feel privileged about? You're automatically privileged. Right? Yeah. So you were never unprivileged. So you yeah. always feel privileged, right? Yeah. And the one thing it's astounding how many, uh, how many church leaders have embraced this. It's, uh, it's patently anti-gospel, mm -hmm. um, the way Kendi describes it, it's, it's flat out heresy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's really, um, well, I don't want to say shocking, but I, I guess, here I guess you could say talking shocking. about statistics here. This is part of Walt Disney's reimagined tomorrow. Recognize your colleagues are also processing the ways in which the pandemic is disproportionately affecting the black community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're feeling confused, shocked, or recently awakened to systemic racism, yeah. recognize that this is probably not new to your black African-American colony, uh, co colleagues. Yeah, this, this goes to what Vody calls uh, ethnic Gnosticism. Oh, so, I'm glad you wanted, I wanted you to talk about that, so I'm glad you're talking about that. The idea that because of your skin color, you have special knowledge and special understanding. Uh, so if you're white, then you have to sit down and shut up. You, you have no basis upon which to speak about racism or any of these things. Like every, this entire show would be completely dismissed because of the color of our skin right. and the reason why we don't agree with it. The reason why, you know, we would uh, come against it is because we're not, we're not black. And so we have not experienced it and therefore can't understand it and can't accept it. So that's that's what uh, Bodhi calls ethnic Gnosticism, that sort of secret knowledge because of the color of your skin. And they trade, uh, they trade empirical, analytical, fact-based, evidence-based conclusions uh, with, with narrative. Mm -hmm. And so that's where then you, you saw after the, the second half of that statement that you had up there, uh, the long list of names. Yeah. So w when it said, you know, you see there, it says the, the murder and notice the murders of Breonna Taylor, Sean Reed, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Tony McDade, Nina Pop, Rayshard Brooks, Adame, Treyor, uh, countless others, blah, blah, blah. Now that's notice they're, they're classified as murders, irrespective of the facts of each of those individual cases. Uh, which several of them, you know, we can see right off the bat, uh, were not murders. That that's right. not what happened mm -hmm. uh, in those places. But it's it's their story. It's this narrative, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if the facts don't fit. It's it's tell us tell a story, and you know, uh, put out their the mantra, say their name, say their name. That's your catechism. Um, I found this slide. It doesn't matter what actually happened in those cases. I find this slide very interesting that we are supposed to learn about critical race theory, but we're not allowed to learn from our, we're not allowed to talk to our black colleagues about critical race mm -hmm. theory because it's emotionally taxing to them mm -hmm. to talk about that. Right. Yeah. Take ownership for educating yourself about structural anti-black racism. Yeah. And so this all, this all comes out of, uh, and you got to read the right people, right? Because they'll tell yes, you black yes. authors, black journalists, black organizations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part of you. You just sit down, shut up. Um, you don't say anything. So the next slide in our Disney training session is very interesting. Looking forward, equity, not equality. Mm -hmm. 
and they have this little drawing there. This is something, JC, that a lot of people are talking about now, equity. Yeah. What can you are you able to enlighten us a little bit about the equity equality thing? This reveals the Marxist heritage of this philosophy. There I you mean, go. that's where it's birthed from. Again, the Frankfurt School. It is just revolutionary Marxism wrapped in a racist uh, cloak. That's but is that what the Maoists did? In, so you have to yeah, divide, no, no, isolate, and yeah, eliminate. Yeah, this is exactly uh, Chinese Communist Party ideology. But you um, said these Black Lives Matter people are all part of the Chinese. In another show, you told us about about they their membership in the Chinese Communist Party. And am I misremembering? No, that? you're right. Yep, okay. you're correct. So the BLM, three BLM founders were uh, longtime members of the Progressive Coalition. Uh, uh, what is it called? Progressive Coalition of. Uh, uh, in, in San Francisco, which was a front group for the Chinese Communist Party. So here's that list, right? Because they told you you have to read the right things. Here's that list of all the things that you're allowed to, to watch and read in order to educate yourself on systemic racism in America. No, it's can, like just can systemic I, racism. Can, can I address uh, Hugh's question? Because this is a sure. good it's a good question. Here, this this comes right up. Yeah. It's okay. a question that needs to be dealt with. It comes up often mm -hmm. because, and conservatives love to refer to Morgan Freeman. You, you know, you want, you want racism to go away, then stop talking about it again. It's a misunderstanding of the issue. We're not talking about racism. This is mm -hmm. not, this training is not to get rid of racism. This is not about racism. Uh, this is revolutionary Marxism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a tool to divide and weaken society, to destroy the to, to destroy the republic. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. And and so you can't just you can't just not talk about this. And expect it's going to go away. You can't not talk about this because it's divisive. Uh, we have to talk about it because it is divisive, right? Yes. That's the whole point of it. It and is a tactic. And, and here's here's the key issue, uh, and why I say this, Hugh. And I again, great question. I thank you for the question because this comes up a lot. Uh, but but this is why is because it is a system. It, it is a ideology that's being injected into. Uh, particularly public education as well as the church. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We got to know so we for can the, see it for the purpose of dividing. While it is, it comes at us under the in the guise of compassion and actually right? and unity and caring How do we and unity together. We're, right, because they pitch it. You know, Love don't don't you want to get rid of racism? Yeah, right. Aren't you unity. against? Right, you should be anti-racist. This. The racist element of this, the racism element of this is pretense. Mm -hmm. It's pretense. This is not about racism. I mean, if you you, you listen to all of it, I mean, again, look at the empirical data. Um, I mean, just think about in the last, uh, I don't know, 50 years, I think, uh, I think the uh, death, shooting deaths of uh, black men has gone down 7%. I mean, mm -hmm. it's trended down. Um you know, you look at a lot of these individual cases and, and um, you know, the the facts don't represent the narrative, don't mm -hmm. don't substantiate the narrative. 
um, I think of the Prager University video with their uh, interviewing people, these these kids in the colleges on the street saying uh, when they asked them how many black people have been killed. Oh, a uh, hundred thousand, uh, you know, well, how many white people again? I don't know. Maybe four white men have been shot. You know, so four white men have been shot. Thousands of black men have been shot. This is what they're saying because they're fed this this division. Then when they're told, well, it's actually um, something like 19, uh, 19 black men had been shot. And I don't remember there was more white men had been shot than there were mm-hmm. black men. Uh, you think about and Bodhi goes through this in his book. Um, I think it was um, Ahmad. Uh, Bradbury, I think after his death, it's like every successive day after the day he was shot, some white guy was shot by police. Mm-hmm. Every single, just about every, let's say every other day after that, mm-hmm. uh, some white guy was shot by police. You don't know their names. You never heard their story mm-hmm. uh, because this is not about racism. It is about agenda of division for the purpose of inciting a revolutionary zeal to destroy our current system and replace it mm-hmm. uh, with a Marxist system. So this must be talked about. It yes. must be talked about. You're, you're not going to sit, you know, and meditate in the corner and somehow this is going to magically go away. It's not. They believe um, the ones driving this. I mean, they are revolutionaries. So they see this in terms of war. They are at war. Are you ready to get back to our pictures? Go for it. All right. So this is our list of things that we're allowed to watch. And one of them on the list, I mean, you have this internal to Disney, um, all these conversation with Rebecca Campbell and, and Latondra Newton or whatever. But then you have the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, 21-Day Racial Equity and Social Justice Challenge, White Privilege Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack. What an interesting little yep. title that one is. Mm-hmm. 75 Things White People Can Do for Racial Justice. How is that not even like an, a racist kind of title? Harvard Business Review article. Uh, U.S. business must take meaningful action against racism. I mean, we have all these things. So uh, let's look at... at this one. Yeah, the four four knows the four ones. Why I don't see color mantra is hurting diversity and inclusion efforts. So that oh, that's, that's the great. thing of where yeah. you, you know that's the thing of not being racist is not enough. You yeah. have to be anti-racist. The fact that you when you say or or that you have the ability to say I'm I don't see color, mm-hmm. they will say that in itself is white privilege. Right. Um a person who's non-white does not have the the privilege of 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 saying I don't see color because they're faced with this oppression every day. Now, to some extent that, that may be true uh, in, in many contexts with the idea that you're aware of your race and, and feel like an outsider, but it doesn't take into account that one of the contributing factors of why the people feel that way is this very ideology, this very propaganda that's being pumped into the airwaves every day. I think about a story Bodie Bauckham Jr. tells in the book Fault Lines about the the one lady who famously uh, got pulled over 
for uh, for speeding or whatever. And she went on some tirade about uh, how racist the officer was and all the things he did and 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 why this happened. And then they released the body cam video. And, you know, there was nothing nothing like that in there. Mm -hmm. And she basically doubled down. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, she refused to sign the ticket and he said, and he said, you know, you signing the ticket is not an admission of guilt. It just means you're, you know, you're accepting that this is what I'm mm -hmm. saying and you can, you know, come here and appear or pay the fine, whatever. And, uh, and, and he said, if you don't sign it out, I mean, I'll have to, uh, impound your car and take you before the magistrate. And, and so she was like, I felt like I was going to be shot. I was going to be the next victim or whatever. So her, her feelings, her fear was probably real, mm -hmm. but was that fear of something bad happening to her based on the elements of the situation that was going on right then and there mm -hmm. in front of her? No, yeah. it was based upon the propaganda that had been fed to her. Right. So the, right. yes, those perspectives may be real. Yes. You may feel like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact of the matter is there, and this is not to deny that there aren't racist cops and racist whoever mm -hmm. that mistreat people based upon their skin color. But that is not the only factor in many of these situations. And I would suggest to you in her situation, it was this very teaching, this very propaganda mm -hmm. uh, that is said to be um, anti-racist and defending against racism is actually promoting teaching, yes. racism, teaching racism, teaching dividing people, sowing fear into the hearts of right. people. And these are the same people who are like defund the police. So any interaction with law enforcement and, and there's also an immediate response there as well. Correct. So you have 21 days, unlimited possibilities to uh, a racial equity and social justice challenge. I mean, seriously, this is crazy, crazy. We are now told that the schools have to teach their children that everybody, look at all these young people. I mean, it's like kids, man. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to teach our children that they are all been raised in a society that is racist. Mm -hmm. Kaiser Permanente, please. And you have the uh, what can you personally do to make a change or pivot from the norm of white dominant culture to something different, mm -hmm. right? So the dominant white dominant culture is what you live in, whether you feel it or not. And if you don't feel it, that means because you're, you're a dominatrix in this system, right? Because you don't feel it. Yeah. No, you, you're either oppressed or oppressor. That's it. So you have to alienate people. You have to dehumanize people in order to isolate them and eliminate their ideology. Yeah. And in the end, I mean, in the end, historically, eliminating ideologies, unfortunately, has resulted in extermination of people. Yeah, and I'm afraid it on a fundamental level it undermines truth, just mm -hmm. the very basis of truth, uh, because none of this is based on objective truth. It's mm -hmm. not based on a rational pursuit of the truth, rational dealing mm -hmm. with the truth. Uh, it ignores evidence um, and, and and rational uh, 
uh, rational thought process. You've got so, these racially segregated affinity groups. Mm -hmm. What the heck does that mean? Yeah. So how are you not racist if you have to break people into groups based on their race? Mm -hmm. If you are seriously, we had we had an entire uprising in many states because schools were racially segregating. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we have to teach in our schools that we have to racially segregate mm -hmm. in order to have equity. Isn't that what we're saying? Equity equals segregation. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad you, you had the other, that Which list one? in there with all the companies and, and all that st stuff. I, I, that demonstrates how, no, no, you had a list. There were all companies and articles that, they put oh, out and all that sort of thing. So this, uh, I think that demonstrates a little bit of how pervasive it is. Because mm -hmm. again, you know, we run into not in my school, all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, that's where this stuff comes from. Yeah, Disney in the, says the go fact, learn from Black Lives Matter. That's yeah. where you should get your information. Th from. This didn't. This didn't come off the street into. Disney, right? It, it it didn't come, you know, just off the street last week out of the riots uh, into these places. It It's in the schools. It's in the colleges. It's mm -hmm. been there. Again, Peggy McIntosh wrote her paper in 1989. Yeah. And you hear, you see all the stuff, the articles in the mm -hmm. training where this knapsack, 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 invisible knapsack, toolbox, all this stuff repeated over and over again. So clearly hearkening back to the 1989 article, Peggy McIntosh, uh, in the schools is a book called Is Everyone Really Equal? Written by or co-authored by Robin D'Angelo. And that's in our, oh, she's the one that that's, wrote White Fragility, right? Correct. So is everyone really equal? Yeah, you can go You can go to Amazon or, or wherever you get books and find these things. Is everyone really equal? That's the one that's, uh, in the public schools uh, being taught. Uh, in the church, there's a book called Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison, mm -hmm. Be the Bridge. And that's that's what's in the school uh, or in the churches and teaching this critical race theory, social justice gospel, uh, that a lot of these religious leaders, gospel mm -hmm. coalition, all these people are, are um, promoting. Um, so... You know, the stuff, the stuff is widespread it's everywhere. Can I mean, I it, it, it's right? absolutely everywhere. So, BA is it BAU? Sage? Yeah, BAU. Okay. Yeah, fault lines. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and I, I don't think it's obviously not a lost cause, but I, it seems like people are just now beginning to wake up and push back. Um, and, and I think that's good. So it, it's a really kind of loud pushback. It's it's a, a widespread pushback. Mm -hmm. But this is deeply entrenched. And I think it's going to take it's going to take a long fight. It's going to take, you know, really uh, having to clearly articulate the answers to these things, the flaws within this ideology uh, and. I believe we're we're going to have to we we have to make an exit plan 
for our kids to get out of these schools. Mm -hmm. You have to have an exit plan to get out of public school. You have to have an exit plan to, to stop going to these public universities. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you have uh, a church who is preaching this anti-gospel message of right. CRT, social social gospel, social justice gospel message. You have to get out of there. Uh, you have to communicate to your brothers and sisters in the mm -hmm. church of the error of this. And, um, you know, th this is this is a fight for our very uh, our nation, for our republic. It, it just is. This is not. This is not a thing you can just not talk about. This is not a thing you can just not deal with. We I'm we just, we better get over our unease uneasiness yeah. of wading into this arena of racial discussion. I'm um, just curious. This this will be the death of the republic. You have right, but well, that's the design. That's the communist design. Because if you can't, uh, you if you cannot weaken a culture. Uh, economically, if you cannot weaken them militarily, then you must weaken them culturally. You have to yeah. weaken them from the inside so they fall for themselves. And that was, I did a show a couple months now about the whole isolate, uh, uh, you know, you, you isolate, then you dehumanize, and then you eliminate the people. And if you look it up, it's called the uh, the the steps to Holocaust is what they call it. So they they all line it up as as the steps to Holocaust. How people say how did how did the Germans let the Jews let this happen to the Jews? Because it's a systemic. It 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 moves in a certain order in a certain progression. Uh, I was thinking, you know, you don't have to go all the way to actual exterminate people's lives you can exterminate ideas you can exterminate viewpoints by isolating them uh, dehumanizing them and then exterminating the ideas and that's what this is part of what that whole process was is exactly what you see in critical race theory you can't possibly assimilate to truth it's not possible you are inherently in a subhuman. Isn't that exactly what they're saying though? You, yeah. because of the color of your skin, you're a white person, you are inherently a subhuman person. I think Moscow Mitch must be new. Mm. Um, yeah, no question. I mean, and so it, it's a big issue. And we have, you have to, of course, speak to believers uh, from a biblical mm -hmm. standpoint. I think right. Bodhi does a, just a tremendous job of yeah. that in the book. Um, and I think we need to be informed on these things. We need to understand what, what they teach, right? Yeah. I would recommend, I mean, I recommend reading Peggy McIntosh, uh, McIntosh's article, White Privilege. I recommend reading Kendi's book, How to Be Anti-Racist. Mm -hmm. I recommend reading know your enemy White Fragility. You, yeah. you have to be informed. Yeah. Uh, on uh, on on the issue as, on, on as a constitutional believe. attorney i want to know how they're going to make the answer jc this will be our last question because we're out of time how do you and this is purely your opinion your speculation knowing how the building blocks go together how do you account for the fact that the civil rights movement 
and the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was built to end segregation, to eliminate this, this separating of people of the colors of the skin. How are you going to get over the fact that that people like Dr. Martin Luther King said, we want to, um, I dream of a day where we judge the people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. How are you going to set aside, again, the whole civil rights movement, the Civil Rights Act to eliminate segregation and then say, no, 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 that was wrong. I mean, are they gonna come out and say, no, 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 that was wrong, we know better now? What is, how are they gonna get over that? I mean, we've built a whole culture on this. Yeah. Well, it's the sh it's the shifting definitions that I mentioned about white supremacy. So uh, the definition is different now. It's shifted from the individuals to the system. So now it's it's the system. And and I think they would say um, maybe looking back at that, that's why it didn't work because we didn't address uh, the system. Yeah, okay. um, it's, it was a good idea, but it didn't work because we didn't root out the yeah, evil. Kind yeah. Of I'm, thing. I'm, I'm a, I would imagine that would be some of the discussion, but yeah. Well, thank you. JC. Now, by the way, I intend, I'm my intent. In fact, I'm working on right now. Um, Vody, Vody's books pretty sizable. Mm -hmm. And although it's very thorough, I'm trying to work on a small, sort of pamphlet style treatment of mm -hmm. this issue uh, where I go through kind of the tenets and, and ideas of, of what this teaching entails. Mm -hmm. um, and then some, you know, some, uh, some critique, some mm -hmm. uh, pointing out issues in it. And as much as I, much as I'm able, you know, to give answers, uh, answers to it. But again, I, I'll, I will say the very, uh, nature of it um, is always shifting the goalpost or personal attacks. You know, if you deal mm -hmm. with facts, if you deal with actual history or actual statistics, then, um, you know, you're just going to get called names and, you know, they just, they just shift the, shift the argument. As um, a civil rights attorney, I'm going to be very so. curious to see what the courts say about this, because I guarantee you someone is going to bring, a, you know, a civil rights act claim on somebody like Disney because there's deep pockets there. Somebody who's sure. going to 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 mandate this stuff. So I'm really curious to see how the courts are going to respond to this. Right. That's going to be a very interesting interesting thing going on. Yeah. Don't go off just yet because I want to. Oh yeah. Get okay. to the YouTube. Well, let me. Oh, okay. So I can deal with Moscow Mitch because I'm not able to get to the comments once the. Oh, do you want to use my phone? Once we're off. Well, so. here, let me do something really quick, JC. Yeah. I want to show this, wanted to show this video anyway. This video that you have in Just your... want to give Moscow Moron a ticket to La La Land. Yeah, so I wanted to show this video, which is um, in your socialism class that we have been teaching. And so let me share this. And while I'm sharing this... Um, you can do what you need to do. How's that? There we go. All right. I did the sound. Come back over here. There we go. All right. There you go.
those seeking freedom, to those committed to abolishing slavery, to those who want liberation for all, to those committed to abolishing we announce the formation of the revolutionary abolitionist movement, to those who want liberation for all, to those committed to the United States was built on the revolutionary abolition despite the American Civil War, this depression never ended. The abolitionist movement fought against the United modern slavery and mass brutality persist unchecked. Fascism is on the rise. The state has openly declared war on our communities, threatened to ethnically cleanse Latinos, criminalize Muslims, destroy indigenous land, and oppress the LGBTQ community while continuing to murder and incarcerate black people. The revolutionary abolitionist movement unequivocally states that the plantation system must be destroyed. Today, the anarchist struggle and anti-state feminism are flourishing, and authoritarian modes of resistance are now discredited. The revolution in Rojava, in northern Syria, has set a new standard. With a foundation in feminism, ecology, anti-state organizing, and armed struggle, it has actualized the path towards liberation beyond 20th century nationalism. With the founding of groups like the International Revolutionary People's Guerrilla Forces, it is clear that this is the time for anarchist revolutionaries to act without hesitation. We declare our solidarity with the international anti-fascist and anarchist struggle and propose concrete steps in the fight for abolition. Revolutionary abolitionists must fight hand-in-hand -hand with those facing oppression. We intend to establish a new underground railroad to free people from bondage. By building revolutionary self-defense networks, connecting them to one another, and developing militant strategies in our neighborhoods, our network will create the capacity to destroy state power and defend our communities. A new global paradigm for revolution has been established to be taken up by dedicated revolutionaries, autonomous territories, guerrillas in armed struggle, and all those engaged in the global drive towards liberation and away from statehood, capitalism, patriarchy, and domination. We call on anti-state revolutionary groups to join the revolutionary abolitionist movement and send this message to our comrades to help build the capacity to burn down the American plantation once and for all. So there you have it. These people are not, I just, these people want to destroy. That's the only thing they want to do. They want to destroy everything around them. That's the only desire they have. This is, this is the call, is it not? For destruction? Yeah, I mean, they're calling for the overthrow of this country. So when BLM hits the streets and burns down businesses and flips cars. That's the ideology. This, what we just showed you, is their recruitment video. Right there. That is their recruitment video. So um, 
I will, we will, they'll kick us off whatever platform they want to kick us off of, but we will never, ever promote something like this. And you have to, it's not discussing, this is not creating division. It's existence creates division. And that's, that's what we have to realize. Thank you for teaching us today, JC. Sure. Thank you everybody for joining us today. Um, share this show as long as they'll keep it up. And we are grateful always for you to be here. God bless guys. We'll see you later.